It's quitting time. Quitting time highlights people who make things happen right here in the lakes area. And today we have Sean with Yasher Kombucha. It's the best place on the planet. Sean, how's it going? <laughs> it's great. Thanks for saying that. That's humbling and awesome. How long have you been doing this? Um, how far back you want to go? <laughs> as uh, far back as <laughs> when was the first kombucha you made at home? Um, probably four or five years ago as a home brewer. It all started with I just wanted to drink less pop. And, um, yep, I said pop. That's a whole other discussion. I agree. That is the word for it. <laughs> you know, you do all the research and pop is the word for it, but usually I play it safe and I go soda pop. <laughs> uh, anyway, I wanted to drink less pop and found kombucha and kind of really fell in love with the process of making it and the fact that I could flavor it however I wanted. Um, if I'm going to replace pop, I want something with flavor and bubbles and and this fit the bill. So um, I just started brewing at home. One gallon turns to two, turns to five, turns to 20, and I can't drink all that at home. And so we started letting it out of the house and people started enjoying it and they're like, you should start a business. And so we thought, well, let's uh, make a little side hustle out of it. We'll do a couple farmer's markets and, and just have a nice little side income out of it. And then it just kind of exploded. And next thing we know, we've got our own tap room and brewery and and venue and music venue um yeah so it's all and this is all we i got my <laughs> we started this whole thing during covid so yeah the, yes <laughs> crazy right. yes you got to be a little bit crazy to be an entrepreneur in the first place but um yeah so i got my license to manufacture like 3 days before the first shutdown wow yeah. so what that would be March, like March first yep. or something. Yeah, right in right in that first week in March. So, yeah, then we ended up not producing anything. Now we haven't been in our current location since then. Um, all of 2020, we rented space from Jack Pine Brewery, and okay. they were nice enough to let us come in after their guys left, and we could do our thing and and work on wholesale and all that. But yeah. Um, then we went through all of 2020 basically in there with the on uh, all the on and off agains and we couldn't keep up so we every drop that i brewed was sold so by the end of the year i was just like yeah we're gonna have to uh find a place to produce it ourselves and and um, get our own place and i'm like if we're getting our own place we're doing a tap room and bonus we got to also put in a music venue so Who is your role model or role models? Well, my parents are pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of different aspects to my life. So there's like somebody for for all the different, but all the different uh, aspects of my life. Um, business wise, I guess I kind of a in my old job, I used to spend a lot of time helping set up breweries and everything, and I've always been drawn to people that can take kind of weird and obscure things and make a living out of them. Anybody that can do that is a hero of mine because <laughs> I'm just like, how can you get up every day and go do something that you absolutely love and do it for yourself? So yeah, that, that type of uh, personality is something that I've always admired. So I used to sell beverage gases and um, so we would set up, I would set up uh, CO2 and nitrogen systems for for bars, restaurants, breweries, all wow. that. But I always admired the breweries because these guys are taking a hobby and a passion 
and they've made a business out of it and it was just really cool to see how that arena is more of a brotherhood like they don't look at each other as competition they look more at each other as as a brotherhood Mm -hmm. and so all the brewers get together and do collaborations and and i've kind of taken the same same approach and i've met lots of other kombucha producers and we talk all the time and share ideas and give each other advice and and everything so Mm. it's uh it's been very very cool because my previous jobs were very cutthroat (laughs) and and this is this is exactly opposite so did it give you experience that you needed though to start yasher kombucha yeah, so I was able to make friends with a lot of the brewers in throughout throughout Minnesota and North Dakota and um, just kind of see how they do things. And there's lots of different ways to brew kombucha. One thing that I did is I kind of adopted more their ways of, sure. and then adapted to make kombucha, but using a lot of similar types of methods and equipment and things like that. So... Um, there are definitely other ways you can do it i know for me like looking back at how i started and some of the things that i was doing and to now i have streamlined everything and look back and i'm like how did i do that in the first place sure <laughs> that <Right>. took forever <laughs> yeah because now you have a better process of yeah and you get in there and and when you're making you know versus being at home and you're making you know, a gallon or two gallons at a time versus hundreds of gallons a week. There's very different ways to do it, but down at the root level, it's all the same. Sure. So, so it's all the same, but obviously your kombucha is better. And so, what <laughs> what are you doing slightly differently than, let's say, if I go to the grocery store and get some nationwide kombucha brand? What is the difference? I I taste it, but what's going into it that's so different? So part of it is the brew process, but I think it mostly has to do with the fact that when you buy it at the store, it's it's being shipped from somewhere else in the country. And by the time it gets to the shelf, it's been warmed up and cooled down, warmed up and cooled down. And and so you're not getting fresh products. So the freshness, I think, is one of the big things. And a lot of other kombucha producers will also use like juices and purees and things like that for us we use real fruit like i don't use fruit juice i don't i want everything that's in our product to be like genuine and fresh if i say there's apples in there i have cut up apples and put it in the product are you serious yeah oh i didn't even know that yeah okay so and obviously that would contribute to it tasting amazing right and we locally source as much as as much as we possibly can. One of our biggest sellers is aronia berry, and it's this little choke berry that nobody's ever heard of. And so we get the we get the opportunity to explain and educate people on some of these things as well. But you know, we buy that from from Cold Spring, and um, so that's that's uh, right here in Minnesota. We got just got some cranberries from up by Aiken. Um, so we, uh, yeah, we try and locally source as much as we can so it's fresh. It's right from here. So that's probably the biggest difference. Sure. That is fantastic. The thing with kombucha, and, and what it is, is it's a fermented tea. 
And so the tea goes, it starts with sweet tea, and then we go through a fermenting process. It goes through actually two fermenting processes. So the first one, we produce just a plain, unflavored tea. And then you go in and you do a second ferment where you add all the fruit to it. Now, it is non-alcoholic. And everybody's like, oh, it can't be non-alcoholic because how do you get something fermented that produces alcohol to non-alcoholic? Kombucha is, is all live and it has lots of probiotics and acids and healthy bacteria that promote good gut health. So all of those things live in, in this product. So all of the healthy things within the kombucha actually feed on the alcohol. So the alcohol is its food. So you have to understand the brewing process. And this is where if you don't understand the chemistry and everything behind and the science behind kombucha, it um, your home brewers will have a tendency to have higher alcohol contents as well. But we have we have regulations that we have to be within certain tolerances. Um, right. We always tell everybody we have to be under 0.5% to sell it as non-alcoholic. If you want a comparison, a ripe banana has 0.4%. Really? So, yes. So oh, wow. a lot of our fruits that we actually have natural alcohols in them. So you got to understand how how long your brew times need to go and and everything to uh, let those processes do their work because it doesn't all happen at once. Like the fermenting has to, you have to allow it time to produce the alcohol and you have to allow the probiotics time to feed on that alcohol to bring it back down. So we have to monitor everything through through the entire brewing process. So mm-hmm. it's it's a very there's a lot of science to it. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy. I wake up every day and I'm like, how did I get into this? <laughs> right. <laughs> when did this happen? I so. know. You're like Breaking Bad kind of in the in downtown Brainerd, <laughs> <laughs> but with kombucha. <laughs> One thing that a lot of people don't understand is that a lot of your immune system is based in your gut. So if, you're, if your gut is out of balance... Um, chemically, then your immune system is always down and people have a tendency to get more sick. Kombucha is a over 2,000 year old method of making tea that originated in China and it was originally called the tea of immortality because people believed that if you drank this that the health benefits from this would cure all kinds of things. And we have actually had people come into our store. One of my favorite stories is a is a good friend of ours and and we have these two ladies I'm going to give a quick shout out to Alina and Lisa that have come in since before we opened faithfully pretty much every week and um, to support us but but anyway Lisa was talking one time about how she has these chronic has this chronic um, kidney stone pain and she was taking aspirin and ibuprofen every day to manage the pain and she said she started drinking a kombucha a day and she hasn't taken anything in over a year and a half now for it so and we hear stories like that all the time of yeah I just notice a huge difference in it when I when I drink it and and so we we run the gamut of people there too like we'll have people that come in that are like oh I just strictly drink it for the health benefits we've had people come in that still can't stand it but they feel so much better when they drink it that they'll choke it down really quote unquote choke okay. it down right and uh, <laughs> um, but they will they will once in a while find one that they're like 
Oh, I actually do really like that one. So we have 14 taps down there, so you should find something that you like. <laughs> yes, and a, and a crazy variety of flavors. It's it's more than someone would expect. Yeah, and, and we try and we have, you know, a blueberry ginger that's our, we call it our gateway one, where all our newcomers, that's what we throw at them first and say, okay, this is our easiest drinking one, and we go all the way up to... Uh, we have one called Son of a Booch that's hot that has uh, habanero in it. And we have a uh, hopped one that actually drinks like an IPA. And so we've had a lot of IPA drinkers that either still currently drink or people that have quit drinking. And they really like that one because it, it tastes just like a beer. Yeah, what is your latest flavor called? So we're doing one as a collaboration with some friends of ours um, at Strictly Mushrooms up in uh, Pine River. And so I wanted to do one called Holiday Dinner, and I think that's what we're calling it, but I haven't like totally landed on that. Um, it's, what it'll end up, it's what it'll end up being. We'll, we'll just say that. Um, so we're calling it Holiday Dinner, and it's apple, cranberry, carrot, and turkey tail mushroom. Now, that sounds disgusting, I'm sure. <laughs> it sounds amazing um, <laughs> to me, but... Turkey tail mushroom will not give much flavor to the kombucha itself. Huge amount of health benefits. Turkey tail is like the healthiest of all mushrooms from what I've been told. The carrots are kind of the same way you'll get just, you know, there's not much flavor in carrots anyway. Um, it's more in there just for kind of so we can say it's in there sure. yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like a thanksgiving yeah, spread right and then you got your cranberry for cranberry juice and your apples for whatever but yeah so we the turkey tail was fun because then we can it's not there isn't technically meat in there but right. <laughs> it's still part of the the dinner so oh, that's so yeah awesome. yeah that and we try and be creative with that um some other things i just want to quick mention is so we've got 14 taps but we're Part of the business plan is also to do craft sodas, and that has been the plan from the beginning. So we, I'm not the kind of guy that's going to do what everybody else is doing, though. So we're, you're not going to come in and get a blue raspberry or a strawberry or an orange crush or anything or cola. like that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get that from me. Um, the most normal thing we do is we do some in-house root beer. We do ginger beer from scratch, which is just ginger ale. Um, made from scratch so it's actually healthier because we use real ginger in there and um, real sugar versus high fructose corn syrup. We've got a couple other things. We have a product called Switchel which starts with apple cider vinegar sweetened with maple syrup with mm -hmm. a little cinnamon in it and then a new one called Malta which I'm super excited about because it's a malted barley um, soda. So again it's a soda that kind of tastes like a beer but um, but yeah that's um my whole plan is to like to do things from all over the place. So that particular drink is big in the Caribbean. And I actually ordered some from Puerto Rico to make sure that I got it right. So. Okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that root beer you have right now, right? Yep. That yep. stuff is amazing. So tell me about the venue in the back as well. So I have spent many, many years um, mentoring uh, musicians and everything. So music is a big passion of mine. Um, been a musician most of my life now, um, myself. And you were actually a worship leader yep. at Communitas. 
Yep, I currently do some of that at Communitas right now. Oh, you do right now? Yep. yep. Okay. And yeah, I've spent the last 25 years doing that. Wow. Not at Communitas, but <laughs> all over. Sure. Um, yeah, so so I've been a musician for a long time. Um, it's a, probably one of my biggest passions. And we had this big room in the back, and I didn't need it for brewery, and there's a thousand rental spaces for events in this town for all kinds of sizes of things and I'm like well let's do a music venue so I uh, I decided that I would uh, go that route I wanted to have the sort of a feeling of going down to a music venue down in the Twin Cities house sound system house lighting um, a stage something that our artists would come in and be proud and excited to play on and make it as plug and play as possible. And so as I'm thinking about the space, I'm thinking, well, I gotta give it a name. And so we call it the James Cullen Room at Yasher Kombucha. And James Cullen, cause that question will come up <laughs> and it's a really fun story, but James Cullen was a pop producer in Brainerd from the 1880s to the 1920s. Oh my gosh. And his corporate corporate office was actually just kitty corner from us, right in downtown. In fact, if you go Front Street and Seventh, and you look up in the corner on on the building next to the uh, next to Iron Hills, um, <laughs> the pawn shop. Um, oh yeah. If you look up in the corner there, it actually still says Cullen on the top of it. Wow. But he he produced pop in Brainerd. There's a whole long story with his whole thing and everything. But since we're kind of a soft drink maker as well. I thought that would be kind of a fun nod to some fun, obscure Brainerd history that most people don't realize, that he had a production plant down on down by Bain Park and then sold the business in, in the, in I believe it was 1921. So I had Chris at Makerspace uh, do up a logo for me and I said, hey, I just want two bottles clinking together and I, I have a original James Cullen bottle from 1900. Sweet. And we, I pulled the logo off of that, and I said, put that logo on one bottle and put mine on the other. So we have this kind of logo of these two bottles, old meets new, kind of clinking together. So wow. that's on uh, that's on the wall in the venue, and so so there's this whole cool story behind behind all that. So that is so awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well. I appreciate you joining me today. Yeah. So we're on Facebook and Instagram, just Yasher Kombucha. If you're looking for what events are coming up um, in the James Cullen Room, you can go to jamescullenroom.com. We have the calendar of, of events there. Uh, so you'll be able to see not all the events. I don't put the events up until we've like solidified all the details so everything goes live. But uh, we got quite a few, quite a few shows coming up. So Okay. And then, yeah, just yasherkombucha.com is our website. So It is an honor having you here. Well, you are making Brainerd cool. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so keep it up. I appreciate it. Well, it's an honor to be here, and thank you for having me.